Welcome to another episode of Racks and Reels, the hunting, fishing, outdoor show where we talk with real folks about their strategies, stories, and things we love about the outdoors. I'm your host, Mitch Gordon. Welcome to Racks and Reels, Minnesota. Hey boys and girls, welcome to the show this week. Uh, this week we have some more success stories for you because people keep asking for them and people love the technical side of hunting, but we get the stories plus a little bit of technical side of hunting now that the season has started. So we're going to bring on Colin Deering. Colin Deering was just on the show, if you listen to the show. Um, he was on the show about four weeks ago talking with his rod company that he started uh, at his folks' place there, a young kid, 15 years old, and he killed a brute, a bruiser, a massive buck of a lifetime uh, with his boat, and he's going to share the story of it. It's pretty risky business, but uh, he went in there and he got the he got the you know got the hunt done, and it was a good track job, and he waited for it to come nice and close to him to get a good shot. So uh, you're in store. Uh, for a great story from Colin, as well as my buddy Jake out in Osceola, Wisconsin. Wisconsin land, there's nothing wrong with Wisconsin, boys and girls, nothing wrong with Wisconsin. I should make t-shirts like that, nothing wrong with Wisconsin. I always like Wisconsin. I always had good shows there, Um, you know, big bucks there, good people, small towns. I feel like the small towns are just still small there, you know, and there's still Ma Cafe, and man, that's just that's so cool for me, and I love cafes. We should get into that story another time. I, my one of my favorite things to do is on hunting season is to go to our family cabin or whatever during hunting season and find a small little mom pop cafe, sit at the bar, drink some coffee, and listen to what the old timers got to say because you learn a lot of knowledge from those old timers, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, we're gonna check in with Jake. Uh, he harvested a couple does and filled some doe tags. Now he's on the buck train and. He's also passing some really, really good deer, and we touch on touch on passing deer. Some guys, you know, there's such a controversy, and in my job, I can't be, that's, you know, this is the way to do it, or that's the way to do it, and I have to understand both stories, which I do, um, and me and Jake do touch on that a little bit, and that's always a sore, sore subject um, for a lot of folks out there if you're a gun hunter or you're a bow hunter if you shoot anything you wait for whatever buck everybody's got their own thing and some people you know only have a certain amount of time to hunt so my uh, we would just talk about you know everybody's view on hunting if it's you know hunting whitetails or hunting squirrels i mean Everybody's got a different view. A lot of people like to go pheasant hunting or bird hunting. Everybody's got a different view on what they want. So we're going to jump into that with my buddy Colin right away. And then we're going to get some music to you for the song of the week from a guy that I've been listening to and really digging, a guy named Jesse Daniel. Uh, man, young fella, getting that country sound out. We're actually going to give you a double shot because I've been listening to him so much and uh, love me that style of country music. So hope you do too. Jesse Daniel. And then we're going to touch on my buddy Jake. So kick back, enjoy the show, and hang in there. All right, folks, we got on the line Colin Deering. He was just on the show and talking about his rod company. Um, I want to say it was like three or four weeks back. And in the meantime, Colin laid down a really, really nice whitetail. I mean, it was probably a buck of a lifetime I was calling it, but. Uh, I got him on the line, and I, we're going to chat about his story, and everybody wants to hear stories as now as the season got started. So, Colin, how you doing, man? Good. How about you? I'm doing well. I just left the tree stand, and I got skunked, so uh, I don't feel like you, unfortunately, but uh, hopefully I feel like you someday along this season. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Are you uh, Are you still on a high from it? you still envisioning the shot and everything? Yeah. Envisioning walking up on it. Man, I mean, did you just lose your mind when you walked up on it, or did you just holy bucket? I lost my mind. I didn't think it was that big when I shot it. That's always better when they grow when you walk up to them. Always better. Man, that is awesome. So, uh, just for the folks that don't know, Colin shot a, a I mean, a massive buck. Uh, what was the date? Tuesday, the 29th of September. 29th of September. Dang. Cool, man. And so how many points did it have? And you did a rough score on it, I believe, right? Uh, it was 13 points, and it rough score, 171 inches on the nose. 
Man, I when I looked at the picture, it didn't look that big, but the girth of it, you know, and the, and the thickness of those tines is what made it up, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, it had 40 inches of mass, so that really helped the score. 40-inch mass. How old do you think the deer was? Four and a half, maybe five and a half. Really? Really? Wow. That's incredible. We had, we've had trail cam pictures and videos on the spotting scope for the past three years now. And last okay. year it was big too, but we, we didn't see him after the season started. Okay. So you knew he was there. You knew he was on camera. Yep. Okay. That is awesome, man. So let's let's talk about the hunt. Like, explain. Like, was it uh, – so you went out, obviously, on Tuesday night, and you had time to get out there. And what time did you get out? And how was the wind? And where were you sitting location-wise? Talk me through it. Um. So at about 2.30, we got a wireless trail cam picture of this deer going into the bedding area, which is a little island on the swamp. Okay. And we have a set hung probably 60 yards from that island where he was bedded. So at about 3.30, I got dressed, drove over there, and it was it was a challenge getting in there because he had to be really quiet because he was bedded really close to you. So I, it took me about an hour to get into that tree, and this spot you hunt with a only a southwest wind. Only a southwest wind. Okay. It's so you're only sit, but, so your sand uh, is is where from the bedding area? If you're looking to the bedding area, where is your stand? North northeast of it. Northeast of the bedding area. Okay. Yep. So the southwest wind would make sense it, for that. Yes. Mhm. Okay. So so I was. I was sitting in the stand, and at about 7 o'clock, the wind switched to a north wind. Okay. Which it was not supposed to. It was just swirling down where I was sitting in a low area by a swamp. So that got me kind of nervous, and I don't know if he caught my wind on the island or something. He popped up, and I heard him right away, and I pulled my binos up, and I seen him on the island. No kidding. How so? About 60 yards away. Yep. So I stood up, grabbed my bow, got ready, and he walked. He was walking a line where he was going to walk out about 60 yards from me. Okay. So I got kind of nervous. I I probably still could have shot him at that, but I got nervous because I I didn't know how good of a shot I would have gotten. But when he got 40 yards away from me, he stopped and walk directly at me. So I mean, all, all the, you know, the, you know, you know, 60 yard shot for us archery guys that shoot a lot, you know, some guys put a cap and say that's too far, but man, I mean, I, I would be the same way with you on a big mature buck like that, even a doe, like 60 yards. I mean, I can shoot 60 yards, but it's a poke and you want to put a best shot on that animal box. Yep. I, if it would have came down to it, I probably would have done it, but that's not something we like to do in the archery world is make a 60-yard shot. Right, absolutely. So he's so he's 40 yards now, and he turned and closed, he closed and coming right to you. Yep, directly at me, and he walked, and he just kept walking. I just kept letting him get closer. And, and, your, wind, and your wind was good yet? Yeah, my, I, my wind was blown directly at him, but I had a O'Donnell <laughs> in the tree. I don't know. I had no Zonix going. He just didn't stop at all. He just kept walking directly at me. And no I, I, he started to turn broadside, so I drew back, and he walked out at 12 yards. No kidding. Yep, but he, that last couple of yards took a long – I was holding for probably a minute and a half, two minutes. And Are you running out. a single, single pin, or are you running three pin or four pin? Single pin. So what did you have it dialed to? I had it set at 60, and then when he got to 40 and started walking at me, the only spot that he could really come out was was 20 yards, so I moved it to 20. And then, obviously, 20 and under, I could shoot with the same pin adjustment, so I just left it at 20 and got to 12 yards and located the shot off. And I, I didn't realize he was at 18 yards. I thought he was at, like, 20 yards. Okay. So I thought my shot was high. Okay. But it was a good shot because it touched the angle I was shooting at. Okay. 
So I shot him. Uh, it wasn't a pass-through, but uh, I hit both lungs. Okay. And since the shot was so high, we didn't find blood for like 20 minutes, so I was, or 20 yards, so I was pretty nervous. Yeah, but, but once, you know, I, that's the thing. Uh, finding blood after the shot, it, I mean, it, it, unless it's a super low shot, I mean, and, uh, you know, a complete pass where it's on low on the other side, you're not going to find blood. And I had a buddy, I shot a doe last week, too, and he didn't find blood in any, you know, it was for. 20, 30 yards, and that's pretty typical. But I know exactly how your heart heart feels. You know, I've I've been there. A bucket shot last year. I was like, I made a good shot. Why can't I find blood? <laughs> yeah, but once we found blood, he just it was it was it was thick. It was yeah, good blood, and it was everywhere. You you didn't even have to stop and look. You just walked, and he ran sixty yards and died and. It was it was a weird track job though because he ran around one one side of the island, turned around and ran back. He died on the same island that he was bedded on. Okay. But he kind of took us on a wild goose chase because he he ran and he turned around and he ran down the same path that he ran up there with. So it was just one blood trail. No kidding. So he went in and went out on the same trail. So eventually we, I watched him do that, but I we still tried to find the second trail just to be sure, and eventually we just kind of said, well, we're just going to have to go find where I last saw him, and we walked over and we found blood right away, and he was probably 10 yards from where I last saw him. Really? So so after you shot him, you saw him run a ways? Yeah, I seen him. I The only thing I can remember after he, he shot was him turning around in a circle and a yellow patch of flowers. Okay. So we went and looked by the yellow patch of flowers on this island and found blood right there. And probably 10 yards away from that, he died. Man, so how long did it take to track him? Probably 20 minutes. Okay, and how long did you wait after the shot? Uh, I shot him at 7.05, and I climbed down from the tree at probably quarter to 8, 8. Okay. So a half hour, just to be sure. Okay. And then when did you start going after him? Um, I want to say 8.15 because I had to wait for my dad to come yeah. out. And he, brought, he brought a couple of buddies. My little brother was out there. My sister was out there. We had a whole bunch of guys. We had a whole bunch of people out there. Man, that's incredible. So, I mean, you, got, you waited a lot longer than I did, but you kind of see where he went in and and uh, you went down and tried to find the blood and, you know, your arrow and everything like that. You said it was a complete, complete pass-through or no? No, it wasn't. Okay. I didn't find my arrow either, so I, I'm going to make a point to go find that arrow just to see what see what my broadhead looks like because sh- I'm shooting a new broadhead this year. Okay. What are you shooting? Rage Tripan, no collars. Okay. Yep, that's what I'm shooting too. So them rages, they open up the blood trail a lot, man, if you hit them in the right spot. Yep. Well, that's great, man. So you found him, and so when you called your, you know, you first called with your dad, I'm sure, right? Yeah, um, I called <laughs> him, and he's at my little brother's football game. So I called him, I told him that I shot him, and him and my little brother just left. <laughs> they left the football game. Yep. Oh, my gosh, that is so awesome. Uh, priorities, right? Yeah, I guess oh, so. Huh? Man, so you got him back and caped him out and took some pictures and celebrated. And I, I, I bet. I mean, you're gonna think about that moment for the rest of your life, man. Yep, that's the best part about it. And you can get him shoulder mounted. I'm assuming. Yeah, he's already at the taxidermist. Well, good work. That just caught put you five hundred some dollars in debt. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally uh, worth it. Better make more rods, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally worth it, right? I mean, the the picture on on the wall, man, is is you. Every time you look at that deer on your wall, wherever it goes with you, is always a memory on that buck coming down to you from forty yards and turning broadside and laying the hammer down on him. For sure. So, what was your uh, your setup on your boat? Just for curiosity, you're shooting the raid tripans, obviously, but uh, what boat were you using? Uh, Matthews ZXR 28. Okay. okay. Brand new then. 
Yep. What are you pulling for weight on it? About 70 pounds. Okay, tough guy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, cool. Anything else about the bow or or about the setup as far as that goes and what arrows you run? Eastern Access and about 550 grains with the brown head and aluminum knocked on them. Okay. So when when that deer ran away, you saw the Luminoc in it, obviously, right? Yep. Okay. So must have lost the arrow somewhere in the marsh and flipped down, and that's where I probably couldn't find it. Yeah, that's said the blood. Most... Go ahead. Uh, that, that's, you know, the blood trail was so good, too. You know, you kept walking. You didn't really take the time to look around for it. Yeah. That's one of the reasons, though, also we let him, I waited so long in the tree stand because that's one of the spots that if you don't make a good shot and he's not dead on the island, you're most likely not going to find him because it's probably a 50, 60 acre swamp. Okay. So a pretty big swamp that he could go anywhere in. Yeah. And tracking deer in the swamp's hard enough. And then, you know, if you do lose the blood, which is so easy to do in a swamp, marshland, if he's not bleeding well. Um, that's, that can be disastrous, man. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why it takes us so long to find blood. I'm sure there was blood before the stuff that we found, but you're kind of just stumbling around in there in the dark, and then you walk walk up on a, on some blood, and you get on a good trail. Yeah, yeah and, and dark's so tough, man. I mean, but that's the majority of the time that we all hunt, you know, and especially, you know, before, before the rut hits here in, you know, or late October, but... Um, man, I'm just excited for you. I'm, I'm really pumped for you. When uh, I missed your call that night, I was already in bed, to be honest with you. I had a long day, and I saw that you called, and I was like, why well, didn't Colin just FaceTime me? And then I got the picture the next morning, and, uh, man, I just uh, I love seeing people be successful, and you put a lot of time in, and it's just awesome to see. Yeah, it was, oh. it was a great experience. Yeah, anything else about the hunt, man? Anything else that was – comical or funny or anything like that mm. when i got to the tree stand uh i didn't hang the set my dad did okay and it is in the most crazy scary tree that he could possibly have hung the set <laughs> in when i was climbing up that thing i thought i was gonna fall out was it like leaning backwards yeah when i was it was it was a super slant because it's the only tree next to the swamp that's how it usually works, right? <laughs> so, and there was grape vines going up it, so all the climbing sticks had grape vines in it, and the bow rope was wasn't was tangled up in the grape vine, so I had to carry my bow up the stand, and it was a mess. Oh boy, uh, that's the worst. But you know what? You gotta you gotta utilize only you know a tree when you see it, kind of thing. And yep. I actually just hung a set uh last week and mine same thing the tree's kind of going back as i'm climbing up and then once i get in i'm I'm fine it's just fine but it's just getting up there the the one couple uh ladder chunks are kind of not super tight but i can't get them any tighter so they kind of move a little bit but uh yeah take your time and go slow and use the light when you leave you know yep for sure but, uh, so what where did you do it what was the meat all right then as far as uh cold weather goes or what what happened with the meat uh, it was fine because we, we found them within an hour of the shot. We took them home, hung them, and then brought them, got them cut up, and brought them in the next day. Okay, so you quartered them out, and then you brought it in uh, to get processed. Yep, we okay. we usually do all that stuff, but it's a busy time of the year for work. Okay, so awesome, man! Brought them in, and you get some steaks and chops, and some. What else are you gonna get done? Uh, salami, hot dogs sticks, and hamburger. Cool, man. What's your favorite? Probably the hot dogs. They're really good when you're ice fishing. <laughs> Put them on the uh, buddy heater. Roast them right on the buddy heater. Yep. That's great, man. That's awesome. Well, cool. Um, man, I think that's all for the story, unless you got anything else for me. Not at all. Not at all? Well, hey, man, this is... This is really cool, man. I, I can't wait to see uh, see him when he comes back from the taxidermist and, and the whole thing. So are you going to keep hunting then a little bit and try to get some doe tags filled? Yep, I got two doe tags to fill, and then I got some. I'll, I'll go down to Wisconsin, too, here. I don't know when, but probably pretty soon, and hopefully shoot another deer down there. 
Heck yeah, man. I just got some uh, trail cam footage from Wisconsin last night. There's a big bruiser walking around in daylight where we're at. So I'm, uh, I'm about awesome. to jump ship. <laughs> so we can lay him down. Hey, yeah, absolutely. Where, where there's one, there's more. That's, that's for sure, right? Yep. So, well, hey, man, thanks for the phone call tonight. And I uh, can't wait to share your story with all the other people that listen to the show and and uh, I wasn't meaning to have you on so soon again, but uh, I had to get the story out of you. So, yeah, it's always a pleasure. All right, man. Well, I once again, Colin Deering with Colin's Rod Co. with a period, but right, Colin? Yep. <laughs> Putting down a big old white tail, ladies and gentlemen. So thanks for being on the show. We'll talk to you soon, Colin. Yep. Good luck hunting, Mitch. You bet. See you, buddy. One, two, three, four. Well, the devil came back to see me today And he looked a little different this time He had a little bag of the same old tricks And to be the same old line So I dipped into his bag of sin And I had me a hell of a time I was left with an empty wallet And an over-anxious mind But I'm so glad That I've got it beat Where I'd end up like friends I know I'm living on the street And I'm so glad That I've seen the light Well, the devil comes in every now and then, but he only spends a night. All right.
kid and my kids have families of their own but at a rest stop diner now i'm that wise old timer serving up those lessons that i learned them years ago this is what i tell them eat fit between the mayo and the mustard when you're driving on the road to life if you start to swerve and then a curve it ain't nothing gonna turn out Cause it all goes by so fast In this race there's no first place And you're lucky just to come in last I said in this race there's no first place And you're lucky just to come in All right, boys and girls, we have on the line Mr. Jake Ergen from Osceola, Wisconsin. I said it right, right, Jake? Yep. Heck yeah. So we were just chatting about um, doing yard work and doing leaves, and um, he's a he's a new dad, and uh, man, it's uh, it's a lot of work, but he's still finding time to go hunting and definitely harvest some uh, harvest some doe tags. Yeah. Yep. So, well, how's the movement been out there, man? Um, September was great. I mean, from watching deer all summer long on my cameras and yeah, I rolled into opening, you know, Wisconsin bow opener, the same pattern. It was awesome. I mean, I seen three of my so thought shooter bucks that I've had on camera, you know, you get excited with those velvet pictures and you finally see them hard horn when they're out in the bean field and Man, it was it was tough to pass on them. They there was all three of them came. It was a cold front came through one night, and I knew it was going to be a good night. And sure enough, all three of them walked within fifteen to twenty yards, quartering away. Stop! I mean, I didn't even have to stop them. They just all just fed and stopped. <laughs> that was that was hard to not let an arrow go. But so I hope I don't regret that. They just you know they just weren't what I'm after right now. Sure. So, well, you know, yeah. a lot of guys, man, a lot of guys are like are like that, and they have the discipline, and they, you know, maybe know the shooter bucks that they want to shoot, or you know, they're hoping for a couple big monsters to come out of the woodwork during, you know, those that third week of October when the rut, you know, starts cooking up a little bit, you know. But I mean, there's guys too that you know you can't eat horns, you can't eat horns. Well, it's like I think everybody's respected in my book. And I'm not saying that because I'm a, I'm a host of this podcast and I'm a host of every, like a mediator as far as that goes between everybody. But I mean, you can do whatever you want to do. And I don't think anybody should be judged for that. Um, you're blessed, you know, to be able to be in the woods as much as you are, just like myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a huge thing where, you know, there is guys that only get to go three, four days, and they are going to shoot whatever they see. And, you know, the the people like us need to be okay with that situation. Um, yeah. I think that's the biggest – I've talked about it before, but I haven't even – I don't really want to dive into it because there's a lot of love, hate, and fight, and all that stuff. But, oh, yeah. I mean, it totally is. You know, I mean, we have neighbors at our family cabin that shoot pretty much anything that walks, you know, kind of thing. And we just – at least we know that, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, right. So we know that, hey, if you're going to pass that 100-digit pointer, it might get shot. Right, yeah. But that's the experience that they get, and that's maybe only the time that they get off, and maybe they only gun hunt. So it's it's hard for us bow hunters to understand that, I guess, but at the end of the day, we have to accept that. Mm-hmm, exactly, so yeah. I don't know I don't know if you have a sh- light shed on that, or what, what are your thoughts on the whole thing? Yeah, um, well, like, say, with those three deer, those three bucks. So this is, I just actually got this land, it's private land, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, this guy's got 250 acres, and I'm getting these three bucks on camera, you know, patterning them all summer long. Let's hope that they, you know, make it through the season, and these deer are going to be, they're going to add 20 inches on. So they're going to be, you know, then they'll be a shooter to me. Right now, right now they're sitting at 110 to 120 inches, sure. and like you just said, you know, 
everybody's after a different caliber of a deer, which right. is great. You know, if it's a trophy to you, shoot it. Then it's to some guys it's not. So, right. I totally agree with what you just said. So, yeah. Well, you know, and I had a um, I have my um, uh, uh, my sister. Um, she has uh, uh, she's home for my wedding, and uh, her boyfriend wanted to go hunting, so I took him out the other day and. And we saw Spike Buck, and he's like, what do you think? I was like, it was so hard for me not to let him pull that trigger. But then again, I was like, man, this is your first time out hunting. Like, this yeah. is a gr- this is a great experience for you. You had it at 30 yards. You were had it, you know, in the scope. You're ready to go 100%. And, man, like, I didn't let you pull the trigger because it is a small deer, you mm-hmm. know? And right. it is bow season, and I hope to get him out again. That was my goal. I wanted to shoot, have him shoot a mature doe, you know, or a nice, you know, nice buck for him to take home. Because, you know, otherwise it was almost too easy for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first night out, you shoot a deer, then you're done. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's no fun, right? And he was, yeah. but he was totally cool with that, and I wasn't being a stickler on it. And I, I, you know, I told him, I said, if you want to shoot it, you can. But I said, there's a, there's more opportunity out there for it. Yeah. So, but anyway, let's, uh, let's get to, so you were hunting. I mean, I remember you, you sent me photos. I was in the stand and you were like, what do you think, um, on that deer that came up one of your shooters and, and it, man, the one picture looked like, you know, oh, he could grow, but the other picture I was like, man, it'd be pretty hard to pass from. So what going through your mind, I guess, on that particular night when you're sending me pictures? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, so I'm trying to pull up my binos look at the deer i'm sitting there thinking is he a shooter is he not grab my bow because he's getting close that i actually seen there's a taller 10 pointer tight 10 pointer he actually came out opening night and he actually came out to about 40 yards and yeah i mean i was like i was ready to let the you know do it because he was at like 40 yards and i'm just like looking at him and he's spindly not gonna do it but, yeah, and then I, you know, decide not to shoot, and then I sit there and send pictures to everybody, and then I look at the pictures, <laughs> and it looks, he looks, you know, awesome in a picture, but it's just different when you see him in person out there. Right. So and, you're not, he, and you're not necessarily, not to interrupt you, but you're not being greedy about it. You just know that, man, you're going to have 40 to 50 more sits throughout the year, and the best time of the year is, is yet to come. Yeah, yep, Absolutely. So continue with with that deal though. I mean, you, you know, you're you're waiting there and you, and you end up passing them. And then what did you feel? Oh, I just felt like, man, did I just am I going to regret this? You know, and I'm thinking to myself, well, if you're sitting here debating on if he's a shooter or not, back and forth, back and forth, and you got like you said, you got two, well, you got three, four months or three months, you know, left the season sure. to sit. So I mean, yeah, I was kind of bummed, but. And then, like, every – it seemed like every night I went out and sat in that bean field, one of the three deer came out, and the same thing. I just debated it, and I finally told myself, you know what? If I'm going to sit here and debate it, they're not going to be a shooter for me. I'm going to let them walk. They're fun to watch. I love yeah. filming them off my phone and taking pictures, so at least yeah. I have that. Yeah. Well, it's you know, you got the opportunity to be over a bean field in the early season. I mean, that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I don't have that, um, this year. Um, you know, it's always every other year it's corn, then it's beans, corns and beans. And they do come out of the corn, um, eventually, but man, the beans are just on fire right now. Yeah. And the beans are on fire from September, you know, in the middle of September, to September 15th, all the way till end of October, really. I mean, right. even yeah. when they get picked, they're still going to be in there. Um, but man, we got a really hard frost. A couple days ago here, uh, I think it was Sunday, Sunday morning. I don't know about you guys out there, but we had a really hard frost. And my food plot, um, especially in the metro here, west of the metro, is, I mean, just getting torn up all of a sudden. And they don't usually hit that till November. So that's definitely helping things out. But now there's this warm weather that's coming in, which is great for my wedding. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's great for that, but uh, for the deer woods, I guess it's a good time to take off. But, you know, I think the deer are still moving a, a good amount, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the bean field, for me, um, definitely slowed down. Like, I think that's somewhat true when they say they transfer from that 
grain to green because um, I'll get into it when I talk about that doe kill. But, uh, yeah, like the bean field. So I sat, when was that? Friday night before it got warm here. And, okay. you know, usually I'm out there and I'm seeing because I, I can see a long way. I can see now it's cold night. I was out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's why I went. I'm like, oh, it's going to be sweet, you know. And, yeah, yeah, I can see a long ways out there. And I only seen six does. And it's funny, that tall, tight 10-pointer. He did step out again at like a hundred yards. I got to see him again, but usually, usually, you know, when the beans were green, still there was, I mean, twelve to fifteen does and ponds, yeah. and then, you know, a buck here and there. Okay. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Um, so, that's slowing down though for you. So, do you have a green food source then? Yeah. So behind my house, I planted one this year. And the it's, the frustrating thing with that is I'm basically planted in the middle of a timber woods, and I've been talking to guys and like you know what's what's going on and you know they're acorns right now they're hammering the acorns so for them to come and mosey through my you know probably half acre I got there of greens they're they're gonna rather eat acorns and just be in the middle of the woods doing their thing. Well, you never know. I mean. Yeah, that's true, because they don't have a destination. They're just going to come through. Yeah. Um, well, well, like, so mine, sorry, I just cut you off, but so mine no. is like a transition type of woods. So it's a huge chunk of timber, and then, you know, I'm in, my neighbors are 10-acre lots. we got 10-acre lots or whatever. Okay. So I just think it's like a transition woods. But, you know, there is those and farms that come into my food plot, you know, usually every other day to every day. So the right. they're hit, the does are hitting it, but them bucks they're just I don't know they just do their own thing it seems like. Well, I mean we're trying to get to your story about you know your, your doe kills and whatnot, but I love this conversation we're having because it's it's so good because it's so true. Right now, all of us bow hunters we know exactly what's happening, but we still try to find a way around that story of okay we know it's you know the so-called October low but we know that bucks are still moving. We know that deer are still moving. And oh, we're right. try, we we always try to take these next two weeks and be like, okay, they're not on their summer pattern anymore. Where are they? What are we going to do? And we kind of pull our hair out about it, but we all kind of in the back of our minds know that it's just the low. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I always think like after September 30th, it's like, I mean, I'm still going to hunt if I can, because I love being out there. And like you say, you know, you love seeing the bucks, you love seeing deer move through. But, I mean, our reality until like that October 20th, it's going to be a pretty tough cookie to, you know, to go get. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I, I don't know, really know what to do. I mean, I took that off because it was hot out and I had things to do, you know, kind of thing. But, um, I mean, until a week from now, I mean, is when I'm going to start, you know, really trying to see, okay, what am I, you know, where am I targeting? What different options am I going to go to? How am I going to approach that? Because the greens are going to be, you know, after hopefully about seven to 10 days, the greens are obviously going to be starting to hit with that frost, but we only have that one frost. So it's Mm -hmm. really not like a huge, like you're not turning that page in that book a hundred percent. I don't think. Yeah, I agree. Yep. So, but uh, but beans are starting to be harvested, you know, and corn starting to be picked. So, I mean, in 10 days, it might be a whole different story. Yeah, I know. I was driving around today, and, I mean, it seems like once one farmer goes, every other farmer is picking. Right. All well, everything's so dry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah wind, to... wind helps, too. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I talked talked to the farmer across the road uh, just before I got on the phone with you, man, and he said, man, it's going good. It's dry. You know, we should be able to get it all out. I'm like, that's awesome, man. So, um, and then we can I can drive my truck back and don't have to walk so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. So anyway, let's um, unless you got anything else to share about you know what's going on right now, I think we pretty much covered. Let's get to uh, your you know both your harvest as far as that goes and kind of explain the night and I know they're you know I want to I don't want to say they're just those but you know they are bonus tag you filled your dough tags and that's still a great thing and that's still a task as far as that goes you know people think oh i'm just gonna go out and shoot a doe tonight i mean you still gotta put the shot where it is you still gotta wait you still gotta track it you still gotta you know do the whole deal mm-hmm. so yeah you say i think they're a couple of weeks apart right yeah so i shot the first one september 17th it was in the morning 
Okay. So yeah, like I mentioned earlier, you know, work was been kind of slow, so you have days off here and there, and I, all you know, my trail cameras was showing deer movement in the mornings out back there, and so I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna sit this morning. I typically, you know, don't like to really sit mornings in early season. Let you over a food source in a doe. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I was got up in the stand, and they've been coming in about seven to eight o'clock, and it was getting late. Um, about seven o'clock, I seen the first first one come. She came into the plot, just started seeing. I mean, it was perfect. And then second one, there was two big does, and they just fed parallel to me, perfect. I mean, it was chip shots of all chip shots, like fifteen yard broadside. <laughs> That's great. And yeah, they both actually looked kind of back where they came from, so I was able to pull back down and place my pin on the goods and. Let her have it. Yeah. And so how far did she go? She only went 30 yards. I mean, it was, I can't believe the, the blood that sprayed. I got pictures on of trees. They're like six feet on the trees. I don't know. I think somebody said you must have hit the main artery because okay. it was kind of a steep angle how close she was. So, yeah, I hit that and then, you know, both through lungs and the heart. And she only went 30 yards. I mean, she was dead within 30 seconds because... She piled up and she didn't move a muscle. So that's nice. that's, that's clean, man. It's a, you know, it's a, man. I, many, as much as we, you know, we want that exactly to happen. We don't want the animals to suffer. We want it, you know. We want we're trying to do the best we can, and that's what we do for, you know, all summer practicing. And we don't shoot just for that reason. I mean, we shoot because we love shooting our bows. Yeah. Yeah. So, exactly. So with that blood trail, what what kind of arrows and like setup are you using then, as far as that goes, broadest especially? Yeah, so I actually bought the new Matthews ZXR, which is a sweet bow. I love shooting it, and yeah. um, I'm shooting the Gold Tip Ted Nugent 400 spines with the Rage chisel tips. Awesome. Yeah. So is that Rage? Is that the no collar? Uh, yep, no collar. Okay. I'm shooting the same, and my my friend Colin that's on the on the podcast too here this week. He shot the same thing. BXR. Uh, he's shooting Eastern arrows, but he's shooting the Rage no collars. So I'm a, I don't know, man. I mean, people love and hate Rage, and I've shot so many deer with Rage, and the blood trail is so good, and I just I really have nothing bad to say about them. But I mean, obviously, you know, people have bad experiences with everything as far as that goes, and um, I've yet to shoot one with the no collars, and I'm really excited to because. Uh, you know, before the no collars, they you know they had the rubber bands way back then, mm-hmm. and they went to the plastic collars. And man, it was like I shoved my arrow up into my quiver and like it bust the collar back. And I'm like, oh man, like now I got to order these collars, you know, because it only comes with three extra. <laughs> yeah. So I'm super pumped about that no collar. And man, I was, I, I can't wait to you know fill my doe tag or you know with a or you know mature buck. And I just I've been waiting for that chance and opportunity, but uh, I'm struggling this year. So <laughs> let's, uh, let's get to uh, maybe, so actually before we get to the second one, September 17th is warm out that night. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, fairly warm. So what'd you do? Like, what'd you do with the deer? I hung her up in my garage and then I actually brought her in the next morning. So I had the next day off too. Okay. Or no, wait, no, sorry, sorry. That was my morning. Sorry. Yeah. So I ended up gutting her cleaning it out good and i actually brought it right in right that afternoon okay to meet market. a lot of guys are opting to bring them in on the early season just because of that's the easy way to get them cold you know cooled down is that what you do all the time jake um so last year i did it myself so just made a bunch of jerky but yeah being it was warm and didn't know how work was i didn't know how much time i had to mess around with it and now with Charlotte being around too, you know, time's kind of limited here right. and there. But right, and some so. guys don't like to run a knife, man. I mean, it's and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. I mean, I I personally like, I dig like equally like shooting the deer, and I dig cutting it up. Like I didn't, I dig all that. So yeah. But anyway, all right, cool, man. So the next the next harvest now, you only get two doe tags there. Yep, two here. Yep. Okay, and then plus the buck tag. Yep, plus the deer okay. buck. So when was the second harvest and was it the same spot or walk me through um, that? Yeah, no, so that was uh, the 29th, September 29th. That was an e- that was an evening hunt. That was actually a hunt 
scout mission that I was doing. It was that land that I can, um, I had to work like so many hours this summer to get a tag. Sure. Um, so I went in there. I actually checked my camera on Sunday before, I don't remember what day that falls on, but that Sunday, and I walked past this. It's private land, but this guy's got a beautiful green, I think it's like alfalfa or clover. And I'm like, man, I know these deer cross through the CRP field. And it was kind of cool. There's this old, like, I don't know if it's like an old well or something, but it's probably, I don't know, 12, 15 feet up off the ground. It's had like a platform up there. So I checked really? out on a Sunday. And I'm like, man, this would be cool just to like see what moves through here. And I could see there's deer trails that walk, you know, 20, 30, however far from this thing. So I'm like, well, I'm going to sit here and just see what I see. And I mean, it was crazy. I seen 20 deer. I had two eight pointers. They're, you know, right at that hundred inch range. It was cool. The one came out, he did his thing, he fed. And then another eight pointer across that field walked all the way over to him was just posturing the whole time. I'm like, well, that seems super really, <laughs> but and he just, guy. he went, yeah, he went right up to him and just, they just started sparring with each other. That was pretty fun to watch. And the night went on, the dogs fed and they actually bed to my north, which is, so they have to cut through that CRP field and bed up in the woods and to the north of me. And so they started doing that, trickling through. They kind of stayed out there. And sure enough, there was two does that walked this trail. It was like 20 yards. I'm like, all right, here we go. And it was, I was getting close to time. It was 7 o'clock. I'm like, come on, ladies, you got to hurry up here. Hey, come on, ladies. <laughs> Wait on a woman. Yeah. But, yeah, she gave me, again, a perfect chip shot. And I watched her fall out in the CRP field 40 yards, so that's nice. It's always been you can watch them fall, you know, that's always the ticket. But, yeah. you know, so, I mean, I'm going to ask you, so do you, you know, when you're shooting a doe, as far as that goes, I mean, do you kind of have a uh, stipulation, hey, it's got to be a clean shot, it's got to be a close shot kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, like if I'm going to shoot a doe, it's got to be 30 and in, broadside, like, no, not on alert. You know, sometimes they're freaking, them does are so on alert all the time. And she just did her thing. Like, even that one I shot behind my house, just had no idea that I was there. Those are the kind yeah. of shots I want because I feel like I see, or I have a lot of opportunities at those where I want to make it easy on myself. <laughs> yeah. So, well, absolutely. I mean, you want a fresh track job and you want to be lethal and mm-hmm. you want to do the whole thing. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So cool, man. So now you're uh, down to your buck tag and you're waiting. Yep. What are you looking forward yeah. to? Um, the I just looked at my moon guys. The last two weeks of October, I think, is going to be really good with those. Um, they say that there's two full or there's two moons. I, I'm not really sure how to explain it, but the moon guide says the end of the last two weeks of October. So I'm pretty pumped about that. I would have to agree. Me and my buddy Dan were talking about that too. Just uh, just the well last week there, and uh, we both agreed. I mean, like that second full moon, um, you know, leading up to it a couple of days before that full moon, during the full moon, and and after it is when I've killed many big bucks, and uh, you know, a lot of old timers or uh, you know, people that you know passed on the information. It's oh, can't hunt the full moon, never kill a buck on the full moon. I I mean, I tend to disagree. I think that. That third week of October, that fourth week of October is is dynamite. Is when you see. I mean, my only advice to anybody is that you know, as soon as you see a buck chasing a doe through the woods, I mean, through a timber woods, and mm-hmm. two hours before you know, um, sunset or in the morning or whatever, whenever you see it, whenever you see that, it's time. Yeah, you know, it's oh, time yeah. to make some noise, rattle, grunt, and don't be. I mean, I I love rattling. Some people don't, and. I think it's all about the area that you're into, but I mean, I'm totally looking forward to that as well. That whole like, you know, October 20th and on is just an observation to, you know, when it's going to happen in, yeah. your, in your woods. So Yeah, it's cool because like that moon guide, so it shows a red moon that first week or October like 18th. And then even like the peak, well, I say the peak of the red, like the first week of November, it's another red moon week. So that should so be pretty good. Pretty on fire for the last like two, three weeks of yeah. you know, last second two weeks of October to that first week of November. Mhm. 
So. Yeah, and it's and it's cool because the the new moon trans or transitions in between, say those four weeks leading mm-hmm. into it. So, yeah, should be good. Should be really I think, good. I think it's gonna be on fire. Yeah, I might even come. Uh, might visit uh, Wisconsin land the end of October too, the way it sounds. So, nice. But, uh, I'll, I'll be able to uh, feel what you're feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Awesome, man. Well, anything else about the uh, the does at all, or both of them are at the beach shop and you're getting back? Yep. Yeah, nothing really. Charlotte got to be or recover the first one. That was pretty cool before she went to daycare. So. That's awesome. How old is she? Um, she's seven months now. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. It's just awesome a bit, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. It's fun. It's crazy how fast time flies. I thought it flew before I had a kid, but wow, it's it's going by fast. I'm not in that boat yet, but uh, I'll let you know someday when it gets that way. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, well, cool, Jake. Well, hey, we'll hear from you, I'm sure, before the season's done, and hopefully we can share another success photo uh, of you holding some big antlers. Yeah, you too. I want to see some pictures from you. Heck, yeah, we'll keep sharing them. All right. Sounds so, good. Hey, you take care, Jake. Yep, you too. Bye. There you go. There you have it. A couple great stories from Colin Deering and Jake Ergen. You can see those photos on the Instagram, Facebook, um, my Snapchat, Racks and Reels underscore MN on Instagram, Mitch Gordon 469 on Snapchat, and uh, Racks and Reels on Facebook. So, and check those social media platforms out, boys and girls. I have a cooking video. I have a weekly hunting video that I'm t- attempting to post. Um, I haven't been having the best season, so it's, there's not much deer movement on it. But at least there's wind and, and uh, strategies and where I'm hunting and why I'm hunting and all this stuff there from a rookie podcaster and hunter like myself. So thanks for supporting the show. Thanks for telling friends about the show. Thanks for getting your friends on the show. And we are building this thing. We have over 2,000 uh, followers. And this is the 27th episode. So very cool. Hunting season is here. Just a fresh reminder, if you haven't got your license yet, haven't got your information yet, and your bag of goodies and snacks, get them ready. You're late. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to Racks and Reels Minnesota. Re-listen to this episode and find previous shows wherever you find your favorite podcast. Find and follow Racks and Reels Minnesota on all major social media platforms. I'm your host, Mitch Gordon. Now get outside and do something, and don't forget those wet wipes.